The following message is from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about Life Source is available at lifesource.org.au. Wow. You know, um, right across the world today, they're shouting out, He is risen. And the response is, he is risen indeed. So, so we're going to try it here because I know that uh, we live in the West and that's very much in the East, but we're, we're going to try it just to see if we get that sort of response. You reckon we can do it? Yeah. Okay. He is risen. Wow. How about we give it one more go and everybody can join in this time, okay? He is risen. He is risen. Fantastic. Right across the world today in churches, all over the planet, those words are being uttered out because this is Resurrection Sunday. Can I read you a passage of scripture about the resurrection from Luke? Luke, the beloved physician, writes in Luke 24 these beautiful words. He says, Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb bringing spices which they had prepared. Now, you say, what's the deal with the spices? Well, in those days, they'd use spices to anoint the body and preserve it. They were the preservatives that were used. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened, as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. How many of you know who these two men were? Angels. Everybody say angels. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, this is the angel said to the women, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee saying, the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. But somehow, this is, this is the JIV right now, I'm going into my translation. But somehow they didn't understand what he was saying. How many of you know that sometimes we can hear a message but not understand the message? And this message of the resurrection, Jesus actually said to them, you know, uh, the Son of Man, Jesus, must be crucified, but on the third day he'll rise from the dead. But they just didn't get it. They must have thought he might have been talking imagery, metaphors, allegory, whatever. They just did not get this concept that he was going to rise from the dead. So that's why they were going there to prepare the body. They were perplexed when they couldn't find the body. But not in their wildest dreams did they ever consider well, maybe the reason we can't find the body is because he's risen from the dead. It just did not sink in. It just somehow didn't penetrate within their minds. Then they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the 11 and to the rest. Now, who are the 11? The 11 are the apostles, okay? These, these are, so there used to be 12. Judas betrayed Jesus, went and hung himself. So one down, 11 staying, okay? Great. Just, just remember there that not everybody that starts well finishes well. And even Jesus lost one. And he ate 12. He lost one. Because we make decisions. And sometimes we can make good decisions. Sometimes we can make bad decisions. But we're in charge of the decisions that we make. Anyway, 11 good guys left. And the 11 good guys 
These, these are the ones that were closest to Jesus all along. These are the ones that heard every single one of the stories, every single one of the parables of Jesus, okay? So they heard many times Jesus saying, hey, I've come to lay my, down, my life a ransom for many, but I will die. On the third day, I'll rise from the dead, okay? You got it, guys? I think so. So guess what happened when the women told the apostles that Jesus had rose from the dead? This is what it says. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. And their words seemed to them like idle tales, and they did not believe them. These are the apostles, folks. (laughs) You know what idle tales means? Nonsense. There you go. Seemed like nonsense, and they didn't believe what the women had said. That's the apostles. You say, what is going on? Well, turn to verse 36. Verse 36 of chapter 24. So then Jesus himself comes in, because they wouldn't believe the women. So now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said, Peace to you. Might have used a better uh, sounding voice than my peace to you, but he said, nevertheless, peace to you. Now, get hold. This is the apostles, okay? These are the great men of God that are going to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. So when Jesus stood in the midst of them and said, peace to you, they all applauded. They, yo, Jesus is alive. Is that how they responded? What does it say in verse 38, 37? They were terrified and frightened. <laughs> And suppose they'd seen a ghost, a spirit. So Jesus had to settle them down and say, uh, why are you troubled and why do you doubt? Arise. And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. Wow. Okay. This morning, I'm going to share three things that are going to make Easter more meaningful to you. Are you ready for this? Three things that are going to make Easter more meaningful for you. First thing I want to share with you is the divine twist. I I love a story with a twist in it. How many of you like a good story with a twist in it? How many of you, how many of you, of all the stories you've heard, which one can you remember that's got the best twist? Huh? I... Uh, what about Star Wars, uh, where, where Darth Vader is having this battle with Luke Skywalker? It's good versus evil, okay? This is a spoiler alert for those of you that have never seen Star Wars, which I doubt there might only be three people on the planet that have never seen it, and I'm sure that the three people will be in this church here this Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's this battle between good and evil, and Darth Vader is the, is the dark guy. He's the bad guy. And Luke Skywalker, of course, is the good guy. And they have this battle, and, and uh, Darth Vader chops off Luke's hand, and, and Luke's in agony and pain. And, and, um, and then Darth Vader says to Luke, says, Luke, do you know what happened to your father? And Luke says, yeah, Obi-Wan Kenobi told me that you killed him. With his other hand, because one's hand's been chopped off. And then Darth Vader responds and says, no, Luke, I didn't kill him. I am your father. No! Anyway, 
What a twist. It's like, the bad guy's your father? Where did that come from? How does that happen? So anyway, spoiler alert, I told you. Who he did not know that... Anyway, let's not go there. The twist. The most amazing twist in the whole universe happened at the resurrection. And the twist that shocked everybody, it shocked the hordes of hell. It shocked every demon in hell. What shocked everybody was the divine twist that God actually wanted Jesus to die. Now, 2,000 years later, we know the story. We say, yeah, of course, Jesus had to die to forgive our sins. Yeah, but 2,000 years ago, it didn't click. It didn't resonate. Even though Jesus said it, even though Jesus said the Son of Man must lay down his life for ransom for many, it didn't click. There was no understanding of it. And so here's the divine twist. Actually, God was going to use the enemy to kill Jesus so that Jesus could rise from the dead and give us our salvation. And it's like, no, how did that happen? God turned everything around for your good. The divine twist, not even the apostles fully understood it. The apostles, get hold of it. On that day, they were depressed. On that day, they were distressed. On that day, they were discouraged. They were defeated. They were disillusioned. They were disappointed. My goodness, you can go through every D in the dictionary and give it to them because they were all defeated. But God turned the whole thing around. The divine twist where God turned around what seemed like a defeat into a victory. How awesome is that? The divine twist. Because I got a great, I got a great message for you this morning. God's got a divine twist for your life. There's a divine twist coming into your life that that which seemed like defeat, God's going to turn around into victory. I love that. I love, and the whole Bible is filled with these divine twists. And so often we miss them because they seem, it's, it's, it's there, but because we've been reading it for so long, we miss the twists. But I love this twist because it was like all of the enemy. I, I can just imagine when Jesus died and said it, it's finished. They read, it's finished, he's defeated. They didn't read, it's finished, the enemy's defeated. They didn't get that. And so, so they thought, well, that's great. Now the Son of Man, the Son of God, is going to step down into the death place that the Bible calls Hades. It's the place where all the dead go. But let me tell you something. When Jesus descended into Hades, the enemy thought, we're going to have power over him. But they had no realized that they had no concept that Jesus was actually in there with power over them. And so they thought, in Hades, we got him. No, no, no. Jesus went there to preach to those that were dearly, that, that the souls that were departed. He preached them. The Bible says that Jesus descended into Hades and preached to those that were there. What did he preach? He preached the, the divine twist. 
I had to descend down here to tell you that God had to die for the sins of mankind. God had to become flesh. God had to take on human form. God had to die for the sins. And some of you look forward to that day. You didn't know what it meant, but you were looking forward to the day where God would send salvation. Well, I'm here today to declare that I am salvation. The Son of God took on flesh, became a man to die for the sins of mankind. And you can imagine the Abrahams, the Isaacs, the Jacobs, all cheering and saying, yay, in your face, devil. You didn't expect that, did you? Jesus has defeated you. You thought you defeated him, but he's defeated you. The divine twist. I love that. And, you know, and so we used to sing as a, a hymn as a kid, up from the grave he arose. What a great resurrection story. The divine twist. Death could not hold him down. The sting of death was removed. And so death got defeated. And on the resurrection day, 2,000 years ago, the stone got rolled away. Jesus walked out of the grave, a victor. And so we sing the song, up from the grave he arose. With a mighty shout, he defeated his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain and he lives forever with the saints to reign. He arose, he arose. Hallelujah, Christ arose. Good. I love that. Hallelujah. Let me talk to you about the divine twists of the Bible. One of the great, one of the great twists. One of the great twists. It's a tongue twister. One of the great twists that I love is the twist in Joseph's life. How many of you love that twist? The brothers hated him. And so what they did is they sold him into slavery. And so the last time they saw Joseph was a beaten, defeated young man in a pit, battered and bruised, being sold to this bunch of traders as a slave into Egypt. And it's like, that's the end of him. He's finished. This dreamer is gone. And then the next thing you know, they're in front of the prime minister of Egypt, one of the most powerful, the second most powerful man on the planet. And they did not realize that this second most powerful man on the planet was no longer a beaten up slave kid, but was the prime minister of Egypt, their brother. What a twist. What a twist. And, and, and this is what I love about Joseph. He, he utters these words in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, where it says to these brothers who now realized, oh no, the guy that we beat up, the guy that we sold into slavery is now the second most powerful man on the planet and he can do us in. You know what Joseph said to them? You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. The divine twist, the divine twist. Can I just speak to you personally tonight? Because some of you are encountering evil in your life. Some of you are encountering disaster in your life. And it looks like it's just eating you away. Here it is, the divine twist. What the enemy means for evil, God will turn around for good. 
It's Easter. It's the divine twist. I'm telling you right now, the message of Easter is the divine twist. And I'll tell you, on Easter Sunday, 2,000 years ago, God did something to set you up for eternity. It's the divine twist. What the enemy meant for evil, God's going to turn it around for good. Can anybody say amen to that? Doctrinally, it's right there throughout the scripture. Romans chapter 8, 28. Paul then makes this one of the doctrines of the New Testament. And it simply says, God causes all things to work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. God turns it around, folks. All things, not some things, all things. See, too many people think, well, God can only turn around some things. God might only turn around one or two things. But when the Bible uses the word all, what does it include? Everything. So that thing that you're in right now is included into that all thing. God will turn it around. God will turn it around. God will turn it around. It's the divine twist. James continues this in James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3 where James says, consider all joy when you encounter various trials. How many, how many of you think that your trials are, are joyous occasions? Uh, how many of you, when you come into a trial, think, woohoo? I guarantee you don't. But one of the reasons why you don't is because you're not anticipating the divine twist. And so I'm here today to give you the Easter message that there's a divine twist coming your way. There's a divine twist coming into your trial. There's a divine twist where God's going to turn it around. And this is that way the scripture finishes. It says that that various trial is going to do something. It's going to produce a perfect, complete, lacking in nothing new you. A new you, a new you, perfect, complete, lacking nothing. Come on, come on, a new you, lacking nothing. How awesome is that? You know what? When you read the scriptures, you see it over and over again, the divine twists. I love the divine twists in the story of Moses. You think about this, the story of Moses. He was born at a time where there was an edict given in Egypt that says, any Israeli kid who's a male that's born must die. And the midwives were given the edict, as soon as you deliver a male child, you kill the male child. Well, Moses was born, he was beautiful. They didn't want to kill him. And so, but they couldn't keep him because then the whole family would die. And so they decided, why don't we make a, a little craft of bulrushes and stick him in the Nile? That's a great idea for a baby. What do you reckon, huh? <laughs> Next time your baby cries, just stick him in a little craft and stick him in a river and see what happens. <laughs> what happened with, with, with Moses is the divine twist is that Pharaoh's daughter happened to be bathing right where little baby Moses was. And she hears this. I've had plenty of practice. Plenty of experience. Huh? And still wakes up in the middle of the night when I do that. And, and <laughs> just find my nappy change and I won't go there. Anyway, let's move on. Wrong picture to give you guys. Okay. So, so before you know it, 
He's Moses, rather than being killed, is now a prince of Egypt. Pharaoh's daughter takes him into his household, educates him, free of charge. Moses' parents didn't pay a cent for his education. How many of you think that's a divine miracle right there? He becomes a prince in Egypt. For 40 years, he's considered a prince in Egypt. Then he blows it, kills somebody, and bang, is kicked into the desert, basically becomes a renegade. There's another twist to the story. You know, looks after a few sheep in the wilderness. And then at 80 years of age, God shows up. 80 years of age, when most people are thinking of retirement, most people are thinking, well, it's well and truly over. God shows up and says, hey, Moses, there's another twist in your life. Here's this twist. You haven't even started yet. What? And God said, if you're not dead, you're not done. No, I, didn't. I don't think God said that, but someone else did that's close to God in our church said that the other couple of weeks ago. If you're not dead, you're not done. Yeah, God, what do you want me to do? I want you to lead my people out of Egypt into the promised land. How many excuses could Moses have given? I'm too old. I'm too decrepit. I'm done. Hey, I've got a death warrant on me. I killed someone 40 years ago. God makes a way where there is no way, the divine twist. And so he's Moses then, fulfills the God purpose for his life and is forever known as the deliverer of Israel. Is forever known as one of the greatest men that has walked this planet Those last 40 years were his greatest years. He would never have been known for the first 80 years. He only got known because of the last 40 years. And today, he still is seen as one of the greatest men that's ever lived on this planet. How many of you love divine twists? I love divine twists. So let's look at Easter afresh with the divine twist because God's got a divine twist for your life. Here's point number two. That will always cause Easter to be seen different. I love this. Not only the divine twist, but the divine lens. Let's talk about the lenses through which we see life. What lens are you using to view life? Because all of us view life through various lenses. Some people view life through the lens of past hurts. I feel sorry for people that view life through the lens of past hurts. Because for them, life is always negative. How many of you have spoken to someone and everything that comes out of their mouth is negative, 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 negative? I I, I thought it was really sad on Good Friday. We actually had someone here with a sign on top of the stairs that said, Bad Friday. You know, I felt felt really sad. I didn't get to see them. Uh, The bouncers, I mean, the stewards told me about it. And, um, but you know what? They were really kind to the guy. They, they, uh, they were kind to him. But for someone on Good Friday to come to our church with a sign saying Bad Friday, it's more about the lens through which they see life than about them. And so we've got to help people like that. You know, we just got to see beyond the outer and start looking inside and see, well, what lens are you viewing life? What's happened to you? What's happened to you to come to a church like ours with a sign saying, Bad Friday? What's all that about? Let me tell you what that's all about, is the lens that you're wearing. That's what that's all about, how you view life. And you're viewing life through hurts of the past, through the negatives 
that have so wounded and bruised you that rather than being a good Friday, it's a bad Friday. It's a bad Friday. Why is Good Friday so good? Because Jesus died in our place. How does that make you feel when you know that Jesus died in your place? How many of you say that makes me feel good? That's why we call it Good Friday, because Jesus died in our place. Now, now that's the divine lens. Some people then have, so that's not the divine lens, sorry, let's get that right. That's the lens of past hurts. Then some people have another lens, the thing that I fear the most. There are some people walking through life just fearing things. They're always afraid of what's going to happen their way. The thing I fear the most, the thing I fear the most. Job, actually Job had that lens. Because when all that disaster happened to him, he he said, the thing I feared the most has come upon me. So, So what do you fear the most? Do you fear the death? of your family, your own death, or sickness, or cancer, or negativity, or bankruptcy? What is it that you fear the most? Don't wear that lens, the thing that you fear the most lens, because it's such a negative way of doing life. So so what, what is it? Another lens that some people wear is what we see in the natural. What we see in the natural, so many people wear this lens, And everything to them is just the natural realm. There's no concept that we don't only live in a natural realm, we also live in a spiritual realm. How many of you know that right now there's angels around us? You know what? The Bible says that the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. There's angels in this building. There's angels in this church. I've got angels right here by my side. How awesome is that? The Holy Spirit is with us. There's a spiritual realm that's true. You say, how can you be so sure? I'm telling you, every funeral that you go to, you understand that at a different dimension. Why is that? Because we believe that death is when the person's spirit leaves their body. And so if you look at a corpse, what you see is their natural body, but their spirit has left. And that's death, is that what was them is no longer there. And so what you're hearing today is not just, is not a natural man, but it's a spiritual man talking to you. So your pastor is a spiritual being, not just your pastor, but all of you are spiritual beings. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. And one day the human experience will be over, but your spirit lives on. And that's the belief of Christians. And I want to say to you that it's so important that we just don't look at life through the natural realm, through the natural lens. We've got to see, well, what's God saying about this? And what's God going to do about this? And I want to say to you that when you begin to see life through the spiritual lens, then something happens and you begin to understand God's got it. Everybody say, God's got it. Because I want you today to look at life through that spiritual lens that says, God's got it. Matter of fact, I've actually got an armband. And on my armband, it says, God's got it. How many of you like the armband? Because we've got a few hundred at the back. And if you want one before you go, you can get one. Who's already got one? Give me a wave if you've already got one. There you go. God's got it. I, I, I need for you to actually get hold of this and say, I've got to wear a God's got it lens. 
on my eyes. I've, I've got to look at life differently. I can't look at life only through the natural realm. I've got to look at life through the God's got it realm. God's got my situation. God's got my situation. God's going to turn it around. There's a twist coming my way. God's got it. Because we are living in a world where every time you turn on the news, it's like there's a new disaster happening. There's, there's, there's another ISIS threat. There's another bomb gone off. There's more people. And so we can start living in this fear of the future mode. Whereas God's got it, my friends. God's got it. You say, what? I thought ISIS had it. ISIS is going to get it, but God's got it. Are you getting it? Because God's got it. And ISIS is going to get it. They haven't got it yet, but they're going to get it. Because God's got it. I'm confusing myself at the moment, but I want you to get it, that God's got it. And I want you to say it to me right now, God's got it, John. I want you to say to the person next to you, God's got it. I want you to put your hand on your heart and say, God's got it. Come on, God's got it. What are you facing right now? Huh? Maybe you're facing a situation where you're facing bankruptcy. God's got it. Maybe there's a situation where you're facing life and death. God's got it. Huh? You maybe have a situation where you just got the worst news possible this week. Well, my word for you today is God's got it. How do you know that? Because everything in the Bible is about God's got it. And, and you know what? When I read this Bible, I see disaster after disaster after disaster. I don't see amazing people always having everything going right for them. I see disaster. Anne and I love cruising. We um, thank you, incidentally, for the gift of a cruise for our 20th anniversary. We're going to be taking that in July. And we're going to go right past where, Mo, where, where not Moses, he got, he got in the bulrushes, but um, Paul got shipwrecked. Paul got shipwrecked. Sweetheart, Paul got shipwrecked. Huh? The ship went down. The ship went down. And it looked like he got totally defeated. The ship gone down. And it got smashed up against the rocks at Malta. And, um, but Paul understood that God's got this. Huh? So he gets off the ship. He's soaking wet. And he decides, he's a servant. He decides he's going he's to light a fire. How many think that's a good idea to do? So, so he, he, he starts to light a fire and he gets some sticks and he's about to drop all these sticks into the fire. And as he drops the sticks into the fire, there was a viper in the sticks that didn't quite like to be barbecued and it latched onto Paul's hand, Paul's arm, as he pulled it out of the fire and everybody said, what a bad man. Huh? God caused him to be shipwrecked he survived the shipwreck, but obviously God hates him because now he's going to die from snake bite. But how many of you know that God's got it? And so, and so Paul just shakes the snake off and he's sitting there in front of the fire warming himself and they're all waiting for him to die. They're all watching. Okay, in a moment you'll start frothing at the mouth. At the moment you'll start writhing. And, and so they're waiting for the, um, for the display. But he's poor with his confidence. God's got this. God's got this. And so when they realized that he wasn't going to die, he says, what's the deal? How come? Well, he said, hey, 
Mark 16, it says, you shall pick up deadly things and it shall not hurt you. When you preach the gospel, what gospel are you talking about? Oh, you don't know. But there was a savior sent from heaven called Jesus to die for your sins. Jesus died for our sins? Yeah, he died for your sins. He rose from the dead on the third day that you might have eternal life. And you know what? If you go to Malta today, 2,000 years later, this is what you'll find. You'll find all over the island of Malta, people thanking God for a man who got shipwrecked on their island. Because the Maltesers, I love calling them the Maltesers. Uh, uh, just makes them so yummy. Uh, how many of you know? They're so yummy, the Maltesers. I love, I love the Maltesers. Just, and, and the whole island got saved. The whole island got saved because... God's got it. God's got your situation. God's going to give a divine twist to your situation where that which seemed evil, God's going to turn it around and bring some good. You're going to sit back and say, whoa. You know, Ann and I, we've been in ministry 35 years and whatever happens our way, we, we, we now say, God, we're going to use this for your glory. God, we're going to be talking about this. Maybe not at the moment, but sometimes, somehow, we're going to see the good of this. Because one thing that we know, that all things work together for good to those that love you. And yes, this thing's caused us grief. It's caused us pain. We've cried. We've wept. But one thing we know is that you've got it. You've got it. You've got this. And you're going to turn this thing around. You're going to bring some good out of it so that we can have divine hope, divine twist, divine lens, divine hope. God's going to bring hope to your situation. Why is that? Because it's not over yet. You say, John, you don't know where I'm up to. This is what I know. It's not over yet. While you've got breath in your lungs, it's not over. And let me tell you what else I want you to focus in on. Look over your life. Look over your life and you can point to heartache and disaster and pain and anguish right through your life. But you know what? Most of those have come and they've gone. Most of those things had a, had a start date and they had a finish date. It's over. And what makes you think that this situation that you're in right now doesn't have a finish date? It's got a finish date. Yeah. Anne and I are still praying for things. We've been praying for decades. And all we know is this, is that we're a lot closer to the end of the thing than when we started. It's a lot closer to the end now than it was 20 years ago. We're getting closer. We're getting closer to the end because we know that God's going to turn it around. We know that God's got a divine twist set up. We know that God's got it. And in your situation, come on, God wants to give you hope that he's got it. He wants to give you hope today that he's got it. He wants to give you hope that he's got it. He's got it. He's got it. He's got your situation. He's got your family. He's got your future. He's got this church. He's got this nation. He's got it. The craziest think they've got it at the moment. They're going to get it. But God's got it. There's got, God's got your situation. I want this word to resonate in your heart. God's got it. God's got it. On Good Friday, 2,000 years ago, they thought that they had defeated Jesus, the Son of God. What they didn't know is that God's got it. And three days later, there was a rumbling in the universe as death 
and Hades got defeated. That stone got rolled away. Up from the grave, he arose to the shout of every demon in hell saying, Oh no, what happened? We thought that we had the Son of God, but he smashed our biggest giant. The giant of death got defeated. That giant held people in captives for millennia. The fear of death kept people in fear. But Jesus smashed that giant. And now we can say, death where is your sting? Jesus has defeated you and we live with an understanding even though we die yet shall we live because Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Can anybody say amen to that? Oh yeah, come on. Come on. God's got it. God's got it. God's got you. And today what you need to do is be in Christ. Thanks for listening to this message from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at lifesource.org.au to find out more about our church and to also access other free resources.